To me, success is making dreams real. And the journey between them is exactly where I spend my energy, motivation, resource, who I am. And doesn't have any value connection, doesn't have any other parameter. It's just trusting the self and the idea and the journey and the team, of course, and, and, and beyond. I think that one of the things that I love the most about whenever I'm in your presence is your you exude a a beautiful energy, thank, beautiful thank energy. Yeah, yeah. Where does this come from? This energy that you have, this beautiful energy. Thank you so much. I think um, for knowing myself as a conscious human, I guess since the early ages, um, mm. for my family, friends, I think I'm like this. Like I, I keep this as. It, it comes with me since I know who I am, kind of a conscious context. Um, but I think it's coming from really the, I'm grateful for my family. I grew up with a beautiful uh, humans that, that allowed me to learning to learn very early ages. So I have a lot of teachers in my family um, mm. and, and, and they were very open-minded, let me to like go wherever you want, like that kind of, you know, discover things, come back, show, like never let you... Um, stuck in that borders of life, if it makes sense. Wow. And, and I'm so grateful also, I guess, life in general. So, so I'm, I'm surrounded mm. by beautiful humans, opportunities. So grateful for life in general, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for somebody that doesn't know you or doesn't understand that, that might not feel like true because how could somebody be so happy, so <laughs> aware of their own happiness? But um, I've met so many people and your energy has always been the same. It's very clean. It's very clear. Um, and it, it only makes sense that you've manifested this life. That it seems that it, it takes tremendous energy and effort to do so, but it seems like you, you go through your life with such grace. And I, I, I'm, I'm assuming it comes down to your approach with your positivity, your energy can like how you manage your energy, your positive energy. Thank yeah. you. And, and I, so I want to maybe highlight a couple of things because I mean, I was, I, I, I hit my heavy and I hope nobody, nobody can feel that feeling was when I lost my father, I was 15 mm. years old. So mm. even though I am, you know, I have a joy in my face and in my attitude and life, but I had, I hit this wall of losing my loved one. Um, mm. And I had that, that feeling of that emotion that I felt that I saw and I felt that I hope nobody ever feels it. And since they, that day, I much more really practice on that. Um, the idea of life is something has a ending context in these dimensions. <laughs> if we have, yeah. and, and I think since that day, I'm more careful about how I speak, how I talk, how I work. Um, mm. and, since and 15. I was 15 years old. Yeah. I was a very heavy mm. hit. Uh, and, mm. and, 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 and then hits that I, I, I try to transform that feeling into a possibility. Uh, and that's where I learn about actually creativity, about not only just, you know, tools we use, ideas, but life in general is already a, a, an input for any creative mind. Um, that day I remember, and also I want to just, maybe it's very early to say, but 
last seven years, I am practicing plant medicines. I'm working with indigenous people. I'm very closely working with uh, beautiful humans across the world. Uh, and I met wisdom, literally wisdom as a body, <laughs> to, to, to these amazing people. Like currently, I'm working with the Yavanawa family, which I can dive later. So I'm really practicing learning what does it mean to be human in the 21st century, to be honest. That's where it comes from. Mm. Mm. It's a beautiful thing that, I, I you know, um, you talked about the pain. We don't have to go there. Obviously, it's more personal. It's been a while, I'm sure. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, time heals things. But yeah. I think what makes life as a human so fantastically odd is that we don't know the answers to these bigger questions. And when we do lose somebody to this thing called death, it really reminds us how fragile we are and how we're on borrowed time, which is, it also increases the awareness of the beauty of life too. So it's this paradox of thought, you know? Absolutely. And I think we don't always talk, but even the end in this context is a big sort of beginning. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think the wisdom yeah. sometimes comes from not only looking mm-hmm. what we perceive, but what it means is way bigger than uh, imagining life, I think, as the journey itself. Um, and I think mm-hmm. those are not necessarily saying <laughs> we need those moments, but when that happens, uh, how to handle is another level of like uh, unlocking the future of humanity's layers. <laughs> like I, mm-hmm. uh, Well, de- I think there's a, there's a book that I was reading called the, uh, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, I think we sh- we've shared a couple of books that, you know, I love reading and I'm fascinated yeah, because there's so many, um, th- this was in, this was a book recommended to me by my friend Vitaly. He has got crazy books that he likes to read, but it comes to mind because it's kind of the denial of death. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. 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 But it, it, it's fascinating because without the concept of death, uh, um, there is no life of course. And there's this duality that happens, but it's also fascinating that you took this tragedy and chose you can go two ways with tragedy I feel like you can go any way with it it's a spectrum right it comes through you and then the spectrum comes out but you can go left and 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 hold on to that and then say like this is the thing that damaged me and it's ruined me and then I my identify with this pain or you can go this is painful but I'm and now I'm living my my dad is with me I'm living with him immortalizing him through my energy very true very true (laughs) very very true context and I mean by the way like I know life is so unique for all of us and everyone has different formations in life. Mm. But um, as a teacher, I learned this last nine years very well that um, it's really so important to define some sort of parameters in life. Uh, it doesn't need to be super deep spiritual. It doesn't need to be um, super sharp and harsh. <laughs> but I think defining those parameters helps us to look around us much meaningful and purposeful. Mm. How do you define your parameters in your life? Like, how do you set that up? And yeah, please continue your drink. I mean, amazing question. And of course, again, by the way, so grateful to be here, first of all, like starting with the grateful context. Yeah, exactly. This is exactly what I mean, though, Um, because we've we've met in physical form twice. And I don't mean to dive into that, but um, but uh, the energy is just like there's certain people you encounter and you go, wow, like, um, I just love that. I'm 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 fully attracted to that. I, I, my I'm a mirror often to people. So if I feel that good energy, it makes me feel good, and then I just want to be in that space. It's an addiction almost. You know, um, it's a beautiful thing to have. Yes. Okay. Yes. Anyways, pr- parameters because it seems like 
when we talk, you are expanding your parameters consistently about what you think of, of our existence and stuff. Please dive into this. Yes. I'm curious about so, kind of so, how you're finding that. Super, super um, important part. I think it starts with actually super humble, like really from home, the day that you wake up to the, the way place you go back, like the home concept. So I, 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 I'm originally from Istanbul, Turkey, where I, uh, I, I learned so much. I love so much Istanbul. Uh, not necessarily because my family as a city was really inspiring parameter, like literally where the East and West connect, like physically, geographically, emotionally, spiritually. It's a really different thinking, but I think my obsession about physical and virtual worlds starts from the city itself because it's really like you witness every morning when you go to school or job or work, like you witness, wow, I am from, you know, <laughs> from Asia to Europe. I'm, like that, that's a very unique, fun feeling. There I learn about the, the, the importance of like how the lands are separated in the earth context, but actually it's just geographically. Like if you go beyond that parameter of like, all right, here's a water, here's a land with that. And so I try to disappear. I, I start this to, to kind of, to, for me, the borders disappeared, I guess, in that context. So become a human across the world. Uh, respect the cultures, respect the religions, respect the every parameter of other people. That was the first parameter because in our family we have truly all the like religions, all the like different cultures. That was a very one number one parameter. Like start with that. Everyone is the same. Look for similarities, not differences. And that was a really good parameter. And then I applied this idea to my practice while working with art or design or engineering. Doesn't matter. Look at the similarities. It's a really nice parameter to have. <laughs> and I, and I, sometimes very hard to find similarities because the systems that we are living in sometimes loves differences. And when we have too much differences, <laughs> the, the context of perception really changes. So number one was very helpful. In the design school um, at Istanbul, I was very fortunate to... Um, so I'm not coming from a wealthy family, so we don't have any option to like go to a private school. Like I, I had no, never have an option to like, um, I guess, uh, I, I would never able to ask my family to pay for an education system that is beyond their, uh, you know, reach. And in Istanbul, the school I was in was a private school, which is a very uh, amazing environment where I had great teachers um, to work with design, like think about like generative art, very early age, like 2005, 2008, by the way, I'm talking about, mm. like learn about the Magnum photos to like Ars Electronica in Linz. Like those parameters in my life, that similarities started in like undergrad also. Um, mm. That was a very powerful four years and teachers. Um, the other parameters I allow when defining creativity and life together is I work so much. I work 16, 18 hours, like, like my people, I'm sure it's <laughs> a similar uh, uh, or, or like you and I'm sure many creative people love to work, but to me, 16, 18 hours working with machines, sitting like so focused about a purpose or an imagination, I never lose that parameter. And that is a problem because when you work so much, you lose something else in life, most likely social life or something else. <laughs> um, but it was fine. I, I guess, you know, People were calling always nerds or whatever, but it's fine. Like it's, it's, it's really the idea of joy of life that comes from that parameter of choice. Um, and I can count many of those, but these are the ones that help so much for creativity and, and connecting with many minds around the world. And mm. 
Yeah, it expands and changes and shifts as you get with the different age and part of your life too. So like um, I touched on some things that you had mentioned. Um, you said now you've become more of a global human being, more aware of the global spectrum by traveling, being able to move your body physically from Istanbul to Los Angeles. Live. Yes. Los Angeles, that's right. And that's where you run your studio, RAS Lab, yes. um, which is really cool. Thank you know, you. something to consider. It's, I like that you also come from humble beginnings. Nothing against people that have yeah, yeah. things course, given to them. I feel like when you earn it, it's 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 a whole different journey of respect because you can take yourself and your energy from one place and create a new experience here. And, and there's something to be said about the human journey to um, evolve and gain and acquire something new that you've achieved, which I think is really is and- really. It's humbling. You know, thank it's you, really thank you, too. and also thank you very much. And I think it's a very inspiring for for anyone. I really advise this. Sometimes life is so much our perspective. Like if there's a camera in our life, it's here. I think changing yeah. space and time um, for a certain time or however you wish really takes the camera from here and puts to here, and you start to <laughs> see who you are, your patterns, yeah. like everything about you. So in my second MFA studies at UCLA, the first one was in Istanbul. I'm grateful, but there was limitations. Like in Turkey, right now, especially the economy as a whole, other, other question, but there was limitations. Like when the ideas are beyond and, or the, when the dreams are bigger than the society, I think it's a very ultimate first step. Like, okay, how can I achieve these dreams and how, where is the best location and culture? And I'm really grateful for the United States, also in California and Los Angeles, like step by step, because I think mm. what I was planning to do was, I think, can only happen in this geographic context and the people around, because I was really into mm. culture, yes, into light and space movement. Like I had some heroes, James Thrill, Robert Irvin, Dan Flavin, mm. Frank Gehry. I love, of course, Hollywood. I love the Silicon Valley. But the UCLA, like where I got my second MFA, I have so many great heroes and teachers that like Casey Rias, who invented processing with Ben Fry in like late 90s, who started creative coding literally like as a, as a hero and working with him for two years, learning like programming with him. I mean, these are like really very big opportunities that create the fundamentals. Uh, I'm using like so, uh, motion graphic world of like 2000, I think, Eight, I start like using C4D and Houdini and VVV, like all that softwares. Mm. But I never thought use them with that context. Like since 2012, like using them in the beginning is something, but using with them with the school context, like the the mentorship context, that was a whole different thinking. Mm, interesting. Yeah, there's so many layers to this. Yeah. It's cool that you've. Um, and that also makes me happy because, uh, to be honest, I feel like America gets criticized. Americans get criticized. I think, uh, you know, cause I think we're the biggest target a lot of times in the world because the, you know, the, we're the loudest usually, and we're the youngest in a lot of ways. So we're also very powerful. Um, our economy, even California itself is, I think it's top five economy in the world, which is crazy. That's just <laughs> one state inside of America. Um, but it's nice to hear your love for the country yeah. because it is a place that I do believe that if you come here and you work hard, yeah. it isn't easy no. and there's a lot of chance given to this and mm-hmm. there's a lot of things like luck that's attached to it. But if you work hard, you can establish and cut out a, a manifestation of life, which is totally um, agree. pretty rare. You know, it's nice to hear that though. Cause I feel like it's it, that I feel like people are attacking 
that idea of what the dream is. And I get it. It doesn't work for everybody. And some people yeah. come here, they have a bad yeah. plan and then they blame yeah. the system on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, totally yeah. agree. And I want to just yeah. be honest also, like I was very fortunate. I get the Fulbright scholarship, which is an amazing opportunity for uh, people in foreign countries, allows you to get some certain funding for your school, for your basic mm-hmm. uh, income. Very, very, very basic. And you yeah. can really survive that two years. Yeah. But the, the system allows doesn't allow you to go forward. It, it asks you to go back. So I got yeah. this scholarship. It was amazing, some money. And like, well, I said, like, wait, I am starting a journey. I have no idea what it takes. Like, how on earth yeah. I can sign this paper that tells you to go back, <laughs> like, before you start yeah. a journey. So it was a very hard start. But at UCLA, um, I, it was 2013, by the way, when I started my journey, um, I was so happy to say that one day I knew that uh, the buildings, I love architecture, by the way. I, I am in love with architecture as a discipline, as a mean of expression, creativity. And I know the Frank Gehry, Zahadid, like Tadoando, Gaudi. Like, these are my like heroes that I really love their, um, everything about their work. Mm-hmm. And, and the first thing in 2013, by the way, as a student, of course, like coming with a very humble hardware <laughs> and a software, there was no way to like create too much impact uh, in the installations. But 2013, there was a moment, one of my um, mentors, Christian Moller said, Microsoft Research every year make this um, event in, in Seattle. They allowed the mostly Ivy League schools to come to a stage for eight minutes, like elevator pitch. And you're allowed to like <laughs> say something about your dream. And if it clicks with their you know, values and ethos and creativity, they fund the idea for a student as a research mm-hmm. funding. So I went there <laughs> with, the, with my short, like really, <laughs> like I had no idea where I'm going, by the way. And then <laughs> there was like, of course, great students from Harvard, MIT, Yale, or Carnegie Mellon. And they were like these, you know, seven, six people on the stage, like a roving team, memorize every word, great keynote, like, like they are bringing their, this dream startup or something like that. And I was alone on the stage with my short, like truly like no idea where I am. And I said like, I do believe that one day if AI or similar machine intelligence comes accessible, I do believe the machines and the architecture will connect and they will dream most likely and remember and create new, new uh, dialogue between the architecture and the humanity. And AI will be the facilitator for this. And in that meeting, like in the, I was in that keynote from my heart, not nothing memorized. And I got the Microsoft Research Award, which was a almost hundred thousand uh, dollar student scholarship uh, from the from the Bill Gates on the sta- on that like place. And they said, <laughs> and by the way, one week before it was depression. One week before mm-hmm. at school, this is a crazy idea. Who are you? Like you don't have like you know permit to work. Like you don't have a computer to like do anything. Like how on earth you are imagining to make a project in this scale? They were very realistic, very honest. But they were like creating those borders. A week later, come back to LA with an amazing paper, says this student like a scholarship. And the next yes. morning, the doors are open. So it's possible that there is a part that is truly honest and open and saying it's a crazy idea. But there's sure. also possi- possibility of a week later, wait, right. <laughs> it may work. I love that. That's, that's, that's how so I, cool. That's how I got my first computer, by the way, in, 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 in Los Angeles and start like... <laughs> <laughs> you gotta i mean what a okay let's let's think about this this is really it's really beautiful that 
you know, you can have everybody has opinions of somebody they don't yeah. know. So like say like Bill Gates, for example, somebody that has more than uh, more money and wealth than most countries do. Um, just fine. And but the idea of what this person did that took that energy and then transmitted a microcosm of that energy and just gave you a chance. And somebody that like yourself, who's resourceful, has a passion, has a direction, has a, uh, stretching beyond the means. And now what you've done, like this is the thing I love and this is the human spirit. This is the story. This is why the podcast exists because it's like a, it's like a seed of thought. It's like a seed in the right position could grow into the most beautiful tree. But not all seeds do that. But yes. the right ones that want to do it, want to show themselves can. And it's all choice, you know. And, and I, there's something that, there's a saying that I know you've probably either heard in your soul and yourself or you've discovered yourself or somebody else has said it. But it's something I found independently when I was like a teenager is that happiness is a choice. Yeah. It's the hard, it's so hard, especially when you're depressed or you're questioning yourself or you're growing or you're challenging yourself. But to say like happiness is a choice is so difficult, but it seems like you've decided to say, okay, I have this opportunity. I'm going to do that. That's fantastic. It seems that's really crazy. And then you get your first computer. Yeah. Like you gone through this journey. (laughs) You know, it's like, (laughs) You're just riding this way. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm so grateful because that's a turning point. Because in my literally letter of intent while applying to UCLA, I was literally explicitly talk about I wish to have a studio that I can practice in creative context. But it was a dream, and and for mm-hmm. this reason, I do believe that practicing on a real case such as Walt Disney Concert Hall, the home of LA Philharmonic, the Frank Gehry, the cultural beacon for LA, like the like the uh, the literally the cultural beacon. I mean, like the Sydney Opera House for Sydney or Eiffel Tower for Paris. It's like a very important building. Mm-hmm. But when you dream, you don't think about the the layers, right? Like I never talk about Frank Gehry as a, like a hard to reach or LA Field, the world's largest organization that, that by the way, I didn't know that since that time. LA Field mm-hmm. is the most probably successful performing arts center in the world that ever mm-hmm. produces amazing music theaters, opera, like I didn't know how they are so, you know, somewhere else. But when you think about a dream, they're all the same. A freaky, mm-hmm. I can email him, no worries. LA Phil, there should be an email on their website. Of course, nobody replies it back. <laughs> but yes. Um, but it's possible. It's a possibility like that makes you alive. Um, and that time when you are waiting in the dark, that's where we need the energy. Like that's where we mm-hmm. need that motivation and purpose. And I agree that that's area where people are giving up, where like, mm-hmm. okay, this will never happen. Frank Gary will never reply. Yeah. But actually, one week later, <laughs> suddenly things will change. Yeah. Well, you, oftentimes, uh, you know, I think of it almost like a visual of there's buried treasure under the ground. And you could, you could say, I'm motivated. I have this idea. There's treasure right here. I feel it. The treasure is within yourself and you start to dig the hole. And the hole is really hard. You get blisters, you, your hands bleed, you're exhausted, the sun's beating down. And sometimes you dig the hole so deep and you're like, you can't get out of the hole. Very that's true. depression. Very but true. the thing is, you do eventually crawl out and then you see and you look down and you go, ah, that was a waste of my time. But right there, one shovel away is yep. a treasure. And yep. it's right there. And you have to be willing to trust in yourself, believe in yourself. And it's so difficult. I mean, for me personally, I swing. I go from here and then I swing. <laughs> You know, but that's also because I'm trying, you know, and um, you have to remain optimistic. But at the same time, sometimes if you if things don't align with the way that you want expectations, 
don't meet yeah. reality. How do you manage that? It seems like you have a good understanding of it, but how do you manage your expectations, your dreams, and then reality? I think it's a fantastic question, Ash. Like, I think, so first of all, to me, I had this very fundamental uh, definition of success. To me, success is making dreams real. And the mm-hmm. journey between them is exactly where I spend my energy, motivation, resource, who I am. And doesn't have any value connection, doesn't have any other parameter. It's just trusting the self and the idea and the journey and the team, of course, and, and, and beyond. Um, and that is where many of us have issues because it is a very challenging algorithm to make dream to real. And it becomes societal challenge, personal challenge, financial challenge, cultural challenge, um, it is the challenge of creativity, I think, there. But mm. honestly, first of all, wishful thinking and positive thinking. I am not a wishful thinker. I'm not a positive mm. thinker. I'm, I'm very realistic when it comes to like the problems. Even though it's good to be positive thinking, but doesn't have any function at all. Because sometimes that creates the illusion and the delusion of like not necessarily acting or thinking and create mm-hmm. that illusion of like, hey, it will work. Like, how on earth it will work? Like, did you do that? Yeah. Like, you know, that, that the self-questioning is very important for any creators, I think, any creative minds who have been, I think, going through uh, any sort of challenges. The second thing I really believe that, so the ideas are ready for fail. Like, sometimes our egos or our, like, expectations are so powerful that you hold on to that idea so, so hard, unnecessarily yeah. hard. And letting go is another challenge. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes um, learning letting go of an idea, of an imagination or a challenge mm-hmm. is as important as holding to and fighting for all the walls that people are creating. Like example, like I, I was, I, from since day one, I knew that I'm not a solo, solo mind to explore the world. Like as a childhood, like I remember myself going to the nature with the friends, like discovering something. It's like always love to do, like, like I think it's an African proverb. If you, go, if you want to go uh, further, uh, do it alone. So, sorry, if, you, if you're going to go faster, do it alone. If you're going to go further, do it together. Like I always love the idea of creating together. So I knew that it's a, it's a challenge to achieve because, you know, it's not an easy to imagine a studio um, without anything you have and create from scratch. That's a, like a lot of um, unknown there. And, and I saw this a lot there, like how to let go an idea, how to like hold on to it. Um, is the keys in a small or larger volume doesn't matter uh, but also we are i think responsible for our reactions not actions so i think our reactions are as important as we can imagine uh, and i think we are really responsible for our reactions to the to the situations um, and it really helped me so much okay it's a reaction and i'm responsible it's an action i'm not responsible really helped me to balance how to move oh, wow Never th- I never thought of it and heard of it in that kind of context framework. That's really interesting. Just help me in, in the beginning. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating, you know. And again, this, these are the reasons why the podcast exists because I'm just curious. We're all curious of one another, yeah. the operation. How, When I fall in a hole, how did you get past that hole, you know? Success, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, people, we can talk about Mike for a second here, people, it's like people would say like, they point to him and say like, oh, he just like overnight success, but it's not the truth. We all know it. The people that know him know that we could track the data that says that he's been working on this thing consistently for this amount of time. And somehow randomly the stars aligned and then he worked harder and harder 
And and you see it now. He's still investing yes. in himself, and he's making choices. He he's not. It's not just for the money. It's for yeah. the, the sake of him finding his own thing. Yes. And, it's, yeah, but I mean, we could talk at nauseum about that. But anyways, it it, it is an accumulation of design, you know, and and, and it and it does come from uh, consistent efforts, you know, um, designed and directed. So yeah, and, and totally agree with this. Like Mike, I mean, you and and we have so many heroes like Gmong and like there is an amazing like community. I mean, Joshua Davis for many people. Like we have so many heroes in there. Um, that I inspire personally because this is not a chance. I'm thinking it's a really a mindset. I think, and you can clearly see this. Uh, it it is from heart. I am calling it. I don't know if this is truly what it is, but from heart sure. thinking, working is we have the similar patterns. Um, mm-hmm. The the agenda is not hidden. It is a clearly from heart world, and I think it's mm-hmm. common in you and Mike and Jimang and Joshua Davis and and Casey Rias for me. Like this is a very much um, seeing hands-on, one-on-one connections. It's hundred percent real and true and honest. Um, if it wasn't, it wouldn't last this long. I think yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I just finished a book. It's fascinating. It's called The Creative Way by Rick Rubin. Have you read that book yet? No. Like it's fantastic. Yeah, I'll send you a link to it. He said something. He said a lot of incredible things. It's probably the first time I've read a book that it resonated so deeply with me about what it is that we do. I think you'll really connect with it really well. And everybody listening, I highly suggest it if you're a creative mind at any capacity and it doesn't have to, you don't have to be an artist or a digital artist or a traditional artist or it, it doesn't matter. You just to be a person that exists with original thoughts or just ambitions. But, but what he said was really fascinating talking about the differences between us is he said that there's no way to quantifiably compete with one another. There's no such thing. Artists cannot compete because there is no such thing as quantifiable value. But when we get into this context and we will talk about it now, which is like how to, to find value in yourself, how to sell yourself as an artist, and then how to find that world. Cause it's like, there's only certain people that can break through this barrier as you know, too. And it's a social game too. It's a whole different thing. How do you, operate as an artist finding the ways to take your energy and turn it and transmit it into what we understand and commonly know as money. Mm-hmm. That's a big barrier. That's a, also, also a, a huge topic to be discussed too. Absolutely. So first of all, a very honest and open again, like early days, I'm in Los Angeles. I can't pay my rent. I am like from minus just to be honest and open. So I'm really coming from a truly the student mindset of like zero income, minus income world set. So that was a very much to me learning a lot there. So, but I, even the most broken time of an ex- economical context, I was able to produce a dream to reality. doesn't matter. I learned the code. I learned to find a way from somewhere projector. It's a, the, the money never had a, to me, first of all, a thing to hit. So never, ever had that. But mm. finding a way to make a dream. So that's a one different man- mental state that doesn't come up with any, I think, value system of, you know, exchanging, you know, items or monies or dreams or imagination. I saw this very clear that even the darkest day of like no income, fine, but going to the dream still, that joy mm. is still exists, doesn't have any problem. And I Good. still applying this, by the way. But the second mm. thing that I really saw value comes from, not necessarily from defined systems. For example, 
if you are right now um, a, a, an artist to be, most likely the pet is a really good school with a really good, like, um, most likely undergrad and, and, and MFA studies and following with a most likely a gallery representation and most likely a great collector base and most likely museum representations and most likely uh, a pet through the life. So this is a very much well-known centuries long since Medici's or maybe before a very like, you know, classical way of the um, patron artist relationship and so on. So what happened to me, I don't have still any gallery representation. So I didn't start from that path. And in the very early days, there was a hundred percent no idea what this person is saying. 2008, I met with a hero. We lost him, unfortunately, Peter Weibel. Peter Weibel is the, was the director and the curator of ZKM, a, a museum in Karlsruhe in Germany, more than 40 years, collected media art. The reason I'm calling it media art is because of him also, by the way. He's a person that defined a term that believes in art, science, and technology, people working with digital mediums who are working with like software, hardware systems to generate creative outputs. And he believed that. And he said, it's fine to not have a gallery. It's fine to have not anything at all. Fine. I mean, you can still learning to learn. And yes, volume may not come instantly and immediately, but it's a pet. And by the way, this is a person, 2008, in his class, I learned a software called Pure Data. It's a, still an existing software for anyone. It's an extremely primitive visual programming language. It's mostly used for the sound, um, sound musicians, most likely. But you can still do some very basic visual elements, like line points, a very humble I.O., like sensor connections. That's in the class. I had this very, very, very basic idea of data painting concept. So I'm really grateful for the person. And... And when I say data painting in the class, of course, rejections, what does it mean? Come on. Like all that, like the, the denial uh, society or <laughs> whatever they are called, or gatekeepers, whatever we call yeah. them. Uh, they exist, by the way, 100% back in time. And he said the same thing, like probably value will not come from this pet like tomorrow and next month and next year. It will be a journey. So it took me, I guess, at least six, seven years from that time. 2014, I will say, 2014-15, where we got our first commission from City of San Francisco. And it was the first contract I signed, and it says, what happens if I die? And it was a very unexpected <laughs> contract. Mm. It's mm. A, by the way, it's a public art project. In, by the way, another hero in, in late 50s in the United States, um, there was a movement with the public art, meaning every single building, every single real estate investment are forced to give 1% of, of the entire development to the city. And city regulates a group of like, um, I guess, a jury from minimum 20 people from different disciplines in the city. And they vote for the best idea. And many artists are applying for this. It's a very well-known public art request for proposals. Of course, great, great artists, hundreds of thousands of them. <laughs> and then if your idea wins the jury, or the idea of that specific context, you're allowed to use the budget to make art. So that was my first really encounter with a financial model that allowed me and my team, that was four or five people, become an entity, a studio. So it took 2008 to 2014, six years, to be honest, to really understand. And since then, I will say NFT space was a whole different respect 
change. <laughs> yeah, because it was very um, nascent. It was very early, uh, right? And it's, I mean, yeah. it was there, but it wasn't as prevalent as it <laughs> is now. It was just common knowledge and, and it's like it, most people know what they are now. And also blockchain and all those kind of things, yes. which is a whole other topic, you know. So six years. So having the persistence and, and the fortitude to go, okay, I think this is going to work. And then, you know, slowly scratching it through. And um, that's a lot of patience, six years. Oh, it yeah. was a very, very minus, 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 minus across to like any, 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 any charts, <laughs> any like, <Yeah. laughs> it was always beyond minus. Below but the I line. Think, of course. But yeah. again, it was not because of that, because the idea was imagination about the outcome and innovation and discoveries was never aligned to the value at all. Mm. And, mm. and to be honest, that hits so heavy to know that, there is not too many people in the world really appreciates this type of thinking. And in the art world, very honest and open, there was a time period that still I can exist rejection to digital art and rejection mm. to like creativity with tools we use. Yeah. I mean, I, as I experience it, there's extreme gatekeepers everywhere. And yeah, and, yeah. To, and, and to be fair, to, 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 to be on their side, they're there to make sure that whatever's coming through this filter is has a true intention. Yes. And some of them are not right, but some of them are. And I think the true ones that are smart that see, okay, this is another human following the pursuit of human curiosity rather than following the pursuit of money, um, which it's hard to decipher because a lot of it is just like a Game of Thrones. It's like a house of mirrors. Everybody's kind of fakely saying like i think this is that i think that is this and and it's all opinions how do you know what that person's doing the only way you can really tell is is the time this yeah. is how i understand it if somebody was just doing the thing that they were doing before all this happened and they had full true intentions and didn't have these things attached to it their intentions were to be curious human beings and that is something that is of value to society and culture as a, as a whole because there's not this other thing attached to it. But as we both know, to be an artist, you must have to be able to pay the bills. And this other part of it, there's a whole other mechanism. The real trick I find is how do you not lose your soul while going through the process of doing this, you know? And that's a whole, that's a whole other thing, you know? So very totally, difficult. Totally yeah. agree. And, and I think what, as I mentioned, like six years of, you know, understanding the valuation of systems and so on. And from there, after that, even again, I was very fortunate to work with Silicon Valley as like, you know, Google, Intel, NVIDIA, you know, Siemens, Epson, but they weren't like there for logo movement. They were like really there for, here's a like, a, you know, I think similar to like Medici is like in the Renaissance. Here's the best pigment, best brush. Okay, here's like algorithm, here's a compute, but that's it. They don't like, disclose anything else they don't it's not a shortcut mm -hmm. at all it's just it's just here's here like do you see mm -hmm. any different thing than a product service is there anything here that is beyond mm -hmm. that i mean this mindset i think a kind of a renaissance in my mind again mm -hmm. now it's more clear yeah. with generative ai yeah. but back in time when it happened <laughs> i was like okay this is interesting it's an algorithm you use for that but now it's a question is about creativity are you sh mm -hmm. like i was questioning damn is this like genuinely like is it from heart or and actually when we unfold this narrative a little bit more, it's very clear that the same pattern of, I think, re Renaissance, mm -hmm. the tech giants are now helping creatives in yes. the similar way, but across the world, it's yes. happening right now.
Yeah, we're in the second renaissance, no doubt. If you don't think that we are, then you don't understand how history is. I was asked recently that, because um, I love history. I love studying. I love hearing. Like when I work, I put a history thing on and I just, about the Cold War, the uh, mostly wars and just interested in like, oh, how did somebody happen like this? And also um, technology and things, because that stuff inspires me. It doesn't make sense, like something, and art history as well, all these things. But the reason why I love history is, um, our brains are designed to find patterns and our brains are using stimulus via eyes, hand, touch, smell, all of the things that are around. It's just blob, this, this meat bag that we carry around our bodies and we're constantly stimulated by patterns. So when I see the history, I go, I, usually history repeats itself and having studied the Renaissance to some degree, I saw all the same patterns as you're seeing now. And then, and I go, Okay, now this is the thing that really was blowing my mind, and it's the thing we talked about the last time we were in person, and it was an epiphany that happened to me, and we should dive into it now, which is, as a digital artist, we have a different thing, because naturally we should, we're evolved, nothing, not to say that we're, we're better than the past, but we're evolved, we're different. As digital artists, we are, never has art been this connected to a nascent form of currency, blockchain and all that stuff. Never, ever has it ever been. You could say, oh, well, art was attached to trade, which is another form of exchange. Yeah, and it was. But it never has it been attached to something so purely new. And that makes it very volatile because it is unproven. And people with Ethereum and all these things and all these other currencies that popped up that have gone up and then died and or have their life cycle and stuff. So that's one of the things. The other thing that's crazy is our art is directly attached to commerce of technology companies our work is dependent on companies and technology nvidia all the companies nintel all these things because our partner in crime for art making is the machine that's true and you know you could say okay well an artist in the past would say use a medium such as a paintbrush or something i'm curious what you think and whether you whether you agree or disagree i'm curious because like this is my totally kind of hypothesis because i'm like totally yeah, <laughs> totally, totally agree with this because I mean it's all, exactly. It's 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 to me it, there was there's there's a third thing, so it was the currency of things which makes it very volatile, um, because our art is now attached to something that could be very dirty, uh, and could be very volatile and could v- extremely because like we went through an artist cycle, we just went through a whole movement within a year that should have taken a decade. It went every month was a year of a past. If you think about it, because it went so fast and I think it's because the internet. Oh, this is the third thing. And this is something I know that you love and we can, I want to get deep into it with you is, is AI. This is the first time it's and and depending on what your terminology in regards to what artificial intelligence is, I don't think like what we're seeing now is technically AI, but it has so many, so many signs that it is a sentient being in a lot of ways but it still isn't its own self-thinking thing it's getting very close and i can see people are freaking out because we are very on the we're on the the brink of no return um in a lot of ways but so i think it's it's those three things which makes digital art so weird it, it's 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 and every day it changes so it's the currency it's the ai and also um being connected so directly to companies and technology that makes it so wild it's it's never happened to artists ever to be this exposed like this and to be this connected to it yeah, good a, and bad it is a perfect i think analysis i totally agree with ash because in every like step that you mention is i think one of the reasons we are in this medium of renaissance like we are mm-hmm. literally defining creating 
living in it at the moment of that change. Respect to any creators, respect to any artists working or designers with any tool. But I do believe that digital tools that and their outcomes, uh, software, hardware related things beyond I'm talking about the conventional tools. I think we are all a part of that, that tree that is growing. Um, the thing that I don't know is ever happened to humanity is being conscious of what is going on. Like in my mind, <laughs> like, it's not even possible. <laughs> it's, it's going so fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we are we are literally on a like a, a very fast plane, and yeah. sometimes people are asking to change the motor, which is like not right. You know, it's just going. It's it's you know, power, it, it's really like that. I think um, impossible. I use the ocean as the also, analogy. If you're, if you're, it's almost like people are standing on the shore of the ocean and they're criticizing every molecule of the ocean breaking. Yeah. That's not right. But then they're not seeing the ocean and then the wave comes and hits them. It's like, oh. no, you're looking at the wrong thing here. Yeah. It, it, to be able to get the conscious viewpoint of it all, you have to go outside your body. You have to take the camera from here and you have to go here, but you have to go around, you have to do 360 and look around and it's like, yeah, it's fascinating. And there's no way for, I think we've gotten to this place in my mind that it's, it's going so fast there's no way for the human mind to even no. comprehend the, to catch up. It's gone. It's gone past us. Yeah. I totally agree. <laughs> and, and the yeah. same thing like really happens to data. Like all this, mm. all these things we are talking about is it really now, like let, let's imagine anthropology, like, or archeology. span Like if, if uh, an archeologue excavated a space for five, 10,000 years ago, when they find an object and a trace, they like create a context right now, everything we talk is in this world in these yeah. machines, a world that is not traceable unless you have an API or some logging context to the world that we do with these tools. And secondly, I mean, mm -hmm. in Renaissance, I don't believe like Da Vinci or Michelangelo or anyone in Dante will be saying, hey guys, we are having a Renaissance. I'm writing this book and you are making this amazing sculpture and you're painting this amazing building because of this. It doesn't like, it was a very, I think we are in this amazing, opportunity of connectivity that we are living this together i mean in the pandemic i mean it's a it's a, it's a mm -hmm. very heavy thing for humanity i mean we all witness the birth of the internet the birth of the um other challenges of like web one or web two whatever we witness the web three we witness ai's little last seven years of journey like we are seeing every single sentience context of <laughs> a machine collaborator machine intelligence we are witnessing uh, blockchain, we are witnessing quantum computation, we are witnessing literally genetic, I mean, DNA change, we are witnessing DeepMind literally donated 200 million protein folding, the molecular context of life now, which is a 1 billion days of PhD studies, one morning, it's online. I mean, this is incredible. Mm. I mean, I, yeah. the possibilities of this creates the joy, as I was saying, the joy of this oh, yeah. is, is, is the feeling, right? Yeah. But how to how to talk about this is so important because what you mentioned in our last uh, amazing talk was really like, how do we talk about this? Like, what is this? I mean, grateful for creators like MoMA or Pompidou, they are trying to understand this world, but they're also even having troubles. Like, okay, what is this? <laughs> What's going on here? Like, it's so fast. Even this interface that we're doing, we're using this thing called language, which is so unarticulated um, and it's so slow. 
think about how much time it takes just for us to convey an idea of an abstraction that doesn't even have value. <laughs> you know, I mean, it has it has a little bit of value, but it's almost like throwing a dart at a target and it just falls into a hole and it doesn't really land anywhere. <laughs> and, but it's it, but it, it's it's but then it, we I mean, this is the only way we know it to interface until we can really do like a proper neural link where we can merge minds properly neurologically and like actually form like thoughts that are like whoa I now I know what it is to be you and these kind of things which we will get into this because I know you've experienced some very interesting things that not a lot of people on this planet have which I think is going to be really fascinating and I'm sure it's evolved your life your not only your art but your perception of reality and your life yeah. in general because it's all I think as you've done your yeah. journeys uh, yeah. they become this intrinsic connection so absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, also like Kierkegaard was this Danish philosopher says like life is uh, can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards, right? I mean, <laughs> as a beautiful context, like late eighties, mm. he was talking about this. Now we are in the twenties, I mean, two thousand twenties, and exactly the same mindset. But everything we discuss and talk is in the form of data. Like now, even we discuss this in this virtual space. Um, yeah. It is. I think data is the fundamental world that that we I think all need to somehow understand and narrate and be a part of the you know distribution responsibilities politics politics and structures mm-hmm. um, because that's also why AI is here right now with us but I also this is very interesting to me when I think about AI what really things makes me more inspiring is ideally everything that right now AI brings to us is our collective memories, things we left behind, you know, in a Reddit forum, Amazon, like reviews, Wikipedia, or whatever it is. Mm, These are all like stuff that we left behind. But Mm. while we are living behind, did we know that one day it will turn into a sentient thing and come to us as a collective intelligence? I don't believe we had that context at all 10 Mm. years ago or 15 years ago. No, I really, I, I mean, this is how fascinating it is and wonderful it is to be a human in this situation at this point. I mean, uh, because I never, I didn't know, even if, you know, I'm a fantastic, I like to think about these things, fantastically think, think big. I didn't know we would see this um, in our lifetime. I yeah. think that we're living amongst an immortal human being at this point. <laughs> And that's <laughs> fucking crazy yeah, that there's yeah, somebody yeah, on this yeah, planet yeah, that yeah. could become immortal and not with their body because the body yeah. breaks down. Right. Yeah. But I'm talking about programming Perhaps. data to the memory yep. and then living in the cloud as a, uh, an immortal in, 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 in form of energy, you know, yeah. so and, and literally crazy. Yeah. Literally, I think we are so lucky that we witnessed the birth of Internet. I mean, yeah. William Gibson says that we are the mostly last generation knowing what is real and not. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. A, a, a huge <laughs> perspective. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's imagine, huge. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like a yeah. two decades later, someone just starting their life uh, yeah. and the, the, the day of their birth is logged and entire life is life logged through sensors, machine decisions. I mean, that's exactly the, the, the people we will be seeing as mortals, most likely. I mean, resurrection is not anymore <laughs> like a spiritual thing. It's a mathematical context. Yes, and it's just a matter of time too, considering, and also like you know things like CRISPR and all these different kind of oh advancements and things, and and you know um, I don't know stuff is fascinating. It goes way over my head. I'm just more or less fascinated because it's, I mean, as an artist, the way I look at it is, you know, we're given this body through DNA, but our minds are this whole other thing. In a, and yep. um, 
Yep. And where do these ideas come from? Where's, what makes you, when when I say no to something, what makes you say yes to something? And, and how does that decision uh, happen? You know, and it's, we don't even understand how the human brain really works. We have, yes. a, we have, we have a very, again, I think so much of what we do is like throwing a, a suggestion in the dark and then sometimes it maybe lands and it's just, oh, okay, that's interesting, which is fascinating. It's the same thing as like uh, dark matter in space. It's like, what is it and how come it takes up so much of our space? We have theories of it, but theories are just as abstract as, you know, a lack of experience, basically. It's a, it's, we're trying to reach uh, the abstraction, but using theories as a construct, which is also not really the truth <laughs> it's well, kind of the truth but it's not you know it's just again it's <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. so fascinating what paradox. you mentioned exactly yeah. a, a beautiful paradox because i think it's a poetic yeah, paradox. paradox yeah because po- very poetic yeah absolutely. <laughs> that's I mean, a I mean, nice way of looking at it <laughs> uh, absolutely i mean i mean so so when we okay so if anyone interested uh there's an amazing professor neuroscientist anil set he has a great ted talk about consciousness and he says consciousness is a controlled hallucination. It's a beautiful like yes. <laughs> explanation. I've heard this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful so... way. It's a controlled yeah hallucination. Not, for not for everybody. Some people yes. have yeah. you know obviously they have. There's yeah. a spectrum of human experience. Thankfully, for the I mean for the generalized the mean of the experience yes. for the yes. most yes. part yes. we think it's like this, which is a a controlled hallucination, which is. You know, I always, I remember when I got really into, it wasn't string theory, but it was multiverse things. And I was like, okay, now what I realized is as a digital artist, I was like, they're using, they're saying atoms, but I was like, what about pixels? Yeah. It's as close as we can get to something. And so I was like, oh, these are the same thing. They're the same terms, but now we're talking in in different contexts of mediums and how we experience energy, you know? So, um, but as he says it, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful way of saying the same thing. And in and, and, and a more like, oh, that's kind of poetic. It's it's yeah. it's like why we love poetry because it's like, or why we love somebody saying something unique because it makes our brain go, oh, okay, that word is synonymous with this pattern structure in my brain that connects to this. And then a new firing of neurons goes, and then, oh, stimulated. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fascinating, you know, because the brain is, your mind is, is, is designed to be stimulated. And it and, should be through curiosity, you know. Absolutely, you know. And, and, and I think like if if we, I don't know how this makes sense, but I mean, still we don't know what its consciousness is. I mean, someone says it's physical because when you hit your head, if you lose your consciousness, it's physical. Or someone yeah. says like it's in the molecular state. But to me, like if you think about particle or a pixel, that's our language. But it's also molecules. In a molecules yeah. in a reality. Like if you think yeah. about, if, yes, we can look at the particle system. We can think about like whatever computer graphics defines that universe. But mm-hmm. you go here to science and then they say, yeah, no, they are molecules. Because this is the amazing, I think, thinking. Mm-hmm. Like everyday tools we use and the things we do is something. Mm-hmm. And when the like art, science and technology connects, there's a new perspective comes in. A bright light shines in and says, mm-hmm. oh, I, I see molecules. They are like shape-shifting with the intelligent behaviors. What, yeah. like, you know, this is like a, exists, <laughs> the same human in the same planet. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's, anyway. It's, it's like languages. Like, yeah. um, you know, uh, in French, it's something to say, I love you is different in English. <laughs> it's, just, it's similar, but it's totally yeah. different. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just context. I have a big question for you that Please. I wrote down that I think would be of, I'm really curious if your answer to this. Can you think of three, maybe we can drill it down to two things, 
two or the if you had a fantasy and you said the AI would do this for humanity, what are yeah. the three top things that you hope that AI and it could be bad or good, but whatever yeah. you thought yeah. holistically, because I know you've thought about this. Yes. What are the three things that you hope yes. AI does to help us evolve? Yes, I think three things I can from my heart. Number one, since I am dying to do this, <laughs> since I have a I guess purpose in the in the creativity is finding the language of humanity. Mm-hmm. A language <laughs> that is like light, like nature, a language that connects and have a meaning and have a purpose uh, across the planet Earth. In an indigenous mind, in a civilized mind, a scientist mind, artist mind, everyone can understand. I don't know if it's possible, it's a crazy idea, but I do believe mm-hmm. that if, 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 if there is something to make it happen, it should mm-hmm. be the AI. The second one, I know it's a very much um, hard to imagine world, but I do believe that AI is the only solution to create the most objective perspectives. Even though it's a mirror for humanity, it's a horribly challenging to say, oh, the data is biased, I am biased, data is biased, we are biased, there is no way to make AI objective. But if there's anything that in the existence of the humanity, I do believe, this will this will be this will be most likely AI. And the lastly, I don't know, it's a little bit more fantasy, but I do believe that I hope one day we can touch our memories. Mm-hmm. And that's a very challenging imagination and it takes probably a whole <laughs> uh, civilization. Yeah. yeah. To, and it, it, because, it might take it might take a century cycle. To acquire such a thing, a century yeah. cycle on the, the the upswing in which we are at now, which yeah. is yeah. These are my three true wishes mm. that mm. Um, beautiful. I hope AI can be helpful for They're us. They're huge. They're huge and abstract, which is why not? Why? I mean, that's beautiful. I thought I was like, I can't wait for for AI to help us politically and economically, yeah. Yeah. globally. Yeah. Because there's no reason why we have this old system. The system yes. in which, yes. let's just say the democratic system in America, it's so polarized now because of social media and all this crap that's happened and all this deep fake crap that's happening with people, like moving people's emotions and swaying yeah. them in the wrong yeah. way and dividing people, which is, as you grow up and as you understand the world, the more you can connect and empathize with one another, the better life becomes. And um, But I get it. People have opinions and they have triggers and, and it's very hard to manage these things. And we all have our bad days and so on so, and so, so, so forth. But with AI, I was hoping like, okay, it would, it would evolve and manage to make a better version of what we exist in now, mm-hmm. which would be to make a better life for everybody by making a better system because uh, the, the democratic system worked really well in the beginning because there was only like 10,000 people, you know. But when you're talking about the amount of people in the moving systems now, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's like we've outgrown it, but we haven't realized we've outgrown it, you know, and just like the, like I love vehicles, but I know it's wrong. It's not accurate. It's not good what we need to move our bodies through space and time. We shouldn't be using fossil fuels. We should have stopped that a long time ago, but it's an, it's, it's an industry. And I don't even think electric cars is not even closely the answer either, because it's like. There's no infrastructure for that. And also, where does all the batteries go when we're done using right. it? So just, and we don't only know that because we're not thinking further, you know? And it's like maybe hydrogen, but it's like, anyways, this is all that stuff. But let's talk about this language of humanity. I have an idea in theory. We should dive into this because Please. I'm really curious about how we could do this. Language is 
a form of, I think it's a, if we, let's, 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 let's dive it down to the core in my mind. And I'm curious on you too. Language is conveying empathy. Is that what it is? Is yep. it maybe? Yeah, absolutely. What, if you distilled it down. I think, I, th- I think it's a fundamental communication of everything. I call it like that because everything means now as we humans, we want to communicate through empathy, sympathy, and all sort of the family of, I guess, constructs our reality while it holds our culture, our beliefs, our like emotions, identities, governments, and like a whole thing. But the language is, to me, is something we only discover it because of our culture. Mm. And because of its own borders and yeah. closed circuits, but AI and language, like right now, the reason language, large language models are so inspiring for humanities, it's our common, I guess, pattern that everyone finds a connection. It's not because of an idiot search bar. It's because of our intention to communicate, finding human in non-human. When I say that it's people are laughing, but I think it's really finding human in non-human. We, mm-hmm. we humanize our ideas through language, through yes. words, through structures, yeah. intellect, or, you know, in surface, doesn't matter, however we use it. Um, but you know what makes me so much inspired, if it's a good time to share? I met with an incredible family, Yavanava family, in Brazil, Amazon Acre. And this is a family of 1,000 people living in Amazonia for thousands of years. Indigenous tribe with a really, really, really the most inspiring ever dialogues I ever had. Someone that cannot, I can't speak their language. There's mm-hmm. only the 17 people can speak their language. And it is a very different thinking of our society and tools we have versus you go to jump cut to Amazonia. There is no technology, the pureness of nature, the sounds of jaguars, snakes, you know, birds and butterflies and the richest biome, flora and fauna you can imagine. And there's a language between those systems. Mm-hmm. And those systems are communicating through their own language. And we are using our own language systems, you know, to really appreciate life, I think, like the spectrum of <laughs> language, while we can, you know, create an intellect versus the systems that exist in the nature that I think we all come from and connected is like the whole spectrum. It's a really incredible spectrum that we have no idea so far how complex the nature is, how incredibly rich this biome, flora and fauna is. And we are just one of them <laughs> from the mm. <laughs> like thousands mm. of them. Mm-hmm. It's a really big learning. Yeah. The grains of sand on the beach, you know, it's like it's an infinite feeling. Uh, that's really interesting. And it's also really cool that you've gone down there and experienced uh, like a like a window of time. It's like almost primordial, I would imagine, you know? Yeah. It, it is a truly life-changing experience. If anyone yeah. is really looking for a new journey in their life, I mm. promise it takes, yes, some significant thinking. It is risky, yes, because traveling across Amazonia for 14 hours on a, mm. a boat that is surrounded by all the potential other risks of nature. But you know, <laughs> when you leave all your fears behind, and when you just dive into the world of the heart of the lungs of the humanity, mm. I, I think I think I think rainforests are the lungs of humanity, and and we are really traveling to the lungs of humanity. That kind mm. of thinking, 
And the world around there and the people around there, the honesty, the wisdom, mm. um, it's a very inspiring space to be. And respectfully, yeah. wisdom is there. <laughs> I would imagine because it's distilled down, right? In a lot of ways, life is distilled in a certain way. Um, yes. It's and, got to be so shocking to your soul to come back to some place just like Los Angeles, which is filled with a lot of falseness and a lot of, you see it a lot, a lot clearer, I would imagine, too. Yeah. Is that, I mean, how does that affect you coming back to home? I mean, honestly, living in the forest and the jungle with the people that are there for thousands of years, you know, their plant medicines, their rituals, their spirituality, their culture, education, humbleness, like mm-hmm. learning, like, what does it mean to be human in a forest, in a jungle mm-hmm. for thousands of years? That gives you a different wisdom. And, and I want to say this very honest because when you live with there and hear their humble stories, um, and when I, for example, I was able to work for Grammys. I'm very grateful for the project. We were able to create an amazing collaboration with Grammys, um, uh, the screens while they're announcing the winners. And we had this special animations that, you know, reflect the, but when I came back from the forest, and I know that I will, I may be sitting on a table with amazing artists and musicians and people. I couldn't felt myself truly connected there because when you go to this nature, when you expose to the most purest form of life without yes. anything around you, the nearest hospital is 14 hours. There is no internet. There is no electricity. There is no computer. The tools you have, yes, but the fundamentals of life. I mean, when you come back and when you see all that civilized universe, you truly see through people's eyes and seeing that sometimes is heavy. And I think that's why I always thought that saying a little bit and reconstructing the, I think, I think because they're like a two different parallel universes, you know, they both exist. Yeah. Um, you can accept both of them, no problem, but it just takes time to like remember. <laughs> mm, yeah. That's gotta be very shocking to your oh system. Oh my God. Super strong. Um, one of my close friends, he would go to Africa um, to work on stuff and he would say it would take him weeks to unravel his brain because the way that we operate and the way, not saying one is wrong or one is right, but the way that we operate in America is different, of course. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the value of life is different. That's what he said to me um, and his experience and how shocking and the core of his, who he is. It, you know, not to get heavy, but that was like one of the, the core things that he had. Un, it's almost like coming up from, you know, under the water, you have to slowly purge your oxygen and reacclimate to the, to the atmosphere spiritually. So I, I was like, I was thinking about that because the last time we had talked, I think before Texas, it was, you're saying you were going on the voyage and I was like, wow, yes. or I think you just came back and I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. Like what a fantastic adventure. I- but I also was concerned for your soul going there and that polarized experience there and then back to here. I mean, is, I see it, but it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. It is. It is a totally agree. It is very much a, you are switching spectrums, like shape shifting the, you know, time and material so fast that, mm-hmm. that you have to really sit and, you know, digest what you witness, what you felt, what you learn and come back. I think, I think it's a, so the reason I love this part of spirituality, I'm calling it because it's not a normal practice. I think I'm, 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 I'm not a religious person, but I trust and love spirituality. I love mm. respecting objects, people, feelings, Good. emotions. 
And I do believe that to practice this, um, you can still work with nature. You can still work with you know people and meeting with them across the world, and then ask their um, opinions about the life and learn from that. That does not in a Wikipedia or a Google search engine exist. Like yeah. these, these are like things <laughs> that you have to like you know go and learn and live the experience. I do believe that they are the ones that gives us the biggest growth in our lives. Um, so chasing them is and turning them into a value and respect um, is, is one of the best learnings that I can heavily advise anyone who are feeling and getting a calling from the nature. I, mm. I totally believe that it will make a major change in your life in a positive way. Yeah. Well, it's an adventure too. I think you have to, I mean, imagine you have to have a conversation with yourself before you go to Amazon and say yes. that I could die and that's okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> truly, yeah. truly the mindset. And, and I mean, to, yeah. I mean, yes. Like for example, if you, so, so we have this all the culture, right? The movies we watch about Amazonia, but the movies <laughs> about nature. I mean, if you yeah. remember all this, of course they feel there. Congo and all these like, yeah. 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 Like, but, but I mean, you not, go not there. Congo is, is Amazon, but just like yeah. deep jungle, like yeah. uh, films that come to yeah. mind, you know? So, <laughs> but, but you know, you know, when you are with the tribe, like, you know, that they have this peace between the nature for thousands of years, they are saying, do not worry. They are aware of who you are. And those species are the part of everything. Mm. And when they give you that fundamentals of life, mm. that jaguar you hear will not attack you. The snake you heard from your uh, Wikipedia <laughs> that you think is the most uh, dangerous animal in the world will not like bite you. And, mm. and, and they give you like these basics. And then, mm. and then it's just like, okay, this is an information that they live it together. And then all your fears in life, you start thinking about it. How many fears like this in our lives we have? Yeah. Can so we do many. the same thing, yeah. right? And fear-based decision-making is uh, very flawed um, because it, it, it um, you know, we're all subjective to it and I do it all the time myself too. It's why I like to push against that wall. Let's go back to this language concept. Yes. I think, yeah, I love it. This These segues are incredible. You're, you're perfect, perfect guest for this show because we just oh. tandem, we do tangents. I love it. So if, if there was a form of language, if you distilled it down and AI could help us with this thing, what if like, in the future there was a way to, instead of using this language, right, we're using English, and um, but what if we could connect somehow um, via some sort of energy? Like a, yes, there, there was, yes. Yeah, and, and like, like almost permeate mental like wavelengths or something, you know, like. <laughs> Wonder if that's it, you know, something like that. So, so yeah. So, so, <laughs> so again, right now it's all very archaic, you know. It's like you look yeah. at a piece of art; it's all subjective, and you think you know what Rembrandt was feeling, but you kind of get an idea. You feel a little bit weird, but there's something about the way the way that that person saw light and, and showed you their thing, which is also good. But but what if you could feel it? Like, what if you could go into the memory and feel it? That's wonderful. I wonder how it could do that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's that's I mean, what it is, though. That's this what is, it is, right? This, yeah. this, this, this is the like amazing part of like collective thinking, collective intelligence, and collective consciousness. I think, to be honest, I don't know, is it the right thinking? But I think light is one of the most amazing material in the world. It can be wavelength, it can be particle, it can be spiritual, it can be like, you know, vital to survive, <laughs> like photosynthesis and many things. So I feel like if there's a material in the world can allow us to do this, I hope it's a light, like a light mm -hmm. form, and it can mm -hmm. shape shift and create this dialogue 
Um, I mean, now we have a pen and paper. Later, we have a like you know keyboard mouse, and then most like a Neuralink style conscious context, and then somewhere. But but I think what is more inspiring? Okay, so I, it will it will feel very ancient for people, but I wouldn't be so much happy if this happens only in the cloud. That is a place that has a whole new paradigm, whole new Newtonian thinking. I love the magic and opportunities and possibilities in this Newtonian reality we have, like mm-hmm. this this world. And this it, hallucination. We, I, I think this is more like uh, <laughs> you know fun than oh yeah. you have this conscious model in the cloud you can do whatever you wish. Yeah, but then you can do anything you wish. But what about this <laughs> we have? Yeah. yeah, well, that's really the. That's the game we play, right? How how can we transcend and how can we move? You look at people like there's a guy like Elon Musk is, exists and he's sharing the same currency as us as time. And yeah. how is he doing all these things? You know, we'll love him or hate him. He's not a perfect person. He's a human being. He's got flaws. But it's very fascinating that we are, we're living amongst a superhero almost in a lot of ways. You know, we have people like Michio Kaku or all these people that have like fascinating thoughts and their approach to life, you know, which is really fascinating. But yeah, I think that it, I think this is a theory that I th- I'm curious what you think of this as well. And this is something I've been thinking about since I was a kid. I always, you know, like um, aliens, the concept of an alien or a UFO and all these things. And people will say there's a little green man or all this kind of stuff. I think that that's some sort of all maybe that's true. But I think that aliens, if you see, I don't even know if I should use the word aliens, maybe something that we don't understand yeah, because we all we're on a th- we're on a dimensional plane of three dimensions, but what if there's another dimension that comes to us via energy? You talked about the use of light, but what if the ideas that you get are actually beings that go through you via energy that are formed through your neurons that become an idea? What the that's hell? pretty. That is pretty amazing. <laughs> what if that's that is, the thing? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Actually, hmm. I had a not this exact context but when i watched the movie arrival mm, when yeah. the when that encounter with this species and their language and mm-hmm. how that like eerie moment and this trapped of what what, what are we doing with this like what mm-hmm. is it at that moment i yeah. feel like similar may happen when 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 the scenario you mentioned may appear in front of us like similar mm-hmm. moment okay how do we use this <laughs> like, yeah because imagine what Imagine one day it's just almost like you have no eyesight and then all of a sudden you put glasses on, you could see it, but you could see the <laughs> spectrum and you could see like, I know you've probably seen this on some of your voyages that you've seen, but I'm sure you've seen like, whoa, there's, there's beings here, but maybe yes. through doing that by unlocking your pineal gland and all these different things, you've unlocked this chemical within you, so your mind. Cause if you're, if, if you agree, like, and I think this is a, to talk about history Napoleon said, history is a set of rules that we agree upon. But what if you think about the future as like whatever we perceive, you know, and then if you can go into your mind and your mind is your construct of reality, but if you can unlock it, maybe that is where the, 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 the sentience are. Maybe this is where it all is. I don't know. That's this amazing. Is, That's yeah, amazing. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> these are science fiction, but, like but, stories to be but, told. So. <laughs> but, but is this, but this amazing part, like this, this imagination side of us as humans and, and, Okay, so this, this is the part I love so much that like, is exactly you mentioned all incredible possibilities mm-hmm. as an idea construct. So I, the reason we have this potential, I don't have a fear of AI mm-hmm. because this yeah. potential we have is like an emotional, intellectual, spiritual, 
context of life is the value. If AI can do that, can do that. Yes, it can do all that problems. Yes, it can create a free will, privacy problems. Yes. But the joy of life that this construct of reality and imagination is just a tool. Another like a pen. I mean, why do we afraid of a pen yeah. um, or a mirror? So like this is the joy where we like create an intellect. So yeah, I mean, I so I got, I did some deep thinking about this spiritually when when a big part of my career and my life was about understanding the tools, which is understanding an interface and a language system and how good you can harness that language to convey your ideas. That's operating with a program, you know, Houdini, all these kind of things, because they come to you and they're, you don't know anything about them and how to operate them. You're very bad at it in the beginning in regards to getting your executing your ideas. Then you go through and you understand how to use this program and then you go, okay, look, I have something shiny from this. But now, none of that shit matters. It's very close to the brink where it doesn't matter. It's Again, it comes back full circle. Yes. And it goes, okay, how original are your ideas? What are you contributing to society? Are you stimulating other people's minds? The way I look at art, the way I like to approach it when I really make my art to, from myself, as I say, I like to make the art to about 75% finished and I let the audience finish the last part. Beautiful. We create a memory together. Yep. When you finish the art, we make art together. That's an interesting approach. Totally agree. Everybody's different, you know. So it's but 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 by the way, this is a co-creation. What you mentioned, I think. I think Mm. the society at the moment we are all in, or since the beginning, I think it's always about co-creation. I mean, what is originality, right? We are all on the shoulders of many giants, like you many times mentioned this, and then I mean, it's just an idea. It's just a different form. I mean, Mm. imagining that like. Here is the original idea. It's really I, good luck with that person who is that amazing respect. But, you know, this whole co-creation of humanity across the centuries, decades, I mean, I, I believe that what you mentioned, like completing the work is a truly thinking also in my practice. Like I, I, do, I really believe that when the work touches someone's mind and soul, mm-hmm. if it's possible at the same time, I think it's a, it, there's this magic there. And yeah. that magic is the completion uh, of the journey, of the creativity. That's, that's communicating on the spectrum that you're hoping AI does. That what we use, potential hallucination, drugs, or whatever these other things to kind of go into that other dimension. Yeah. This is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, what, what I felt, I mean, I, I have personally tried psychedelics for just truly from a nerd scientific context, I have this uh, tendency to learn and research. Thanks to, by the way, I want to re- recognize one amazing human, Adam Gesley. He's a professor at UCSF. Um, he's a really powerful and truly innovative neuroscientist. He is creating games to cure depression, anxiety, wow. ADHD for children to any age. He is a beautiful human. And he trained me and my team seven years ago how to use you know brain signals fmri dti and other sort of data sets like biosensing basically to recognize feelings and quantify emotions and memories a hugely advice anyone if you're interested please check his work um, what is his name again adam gasly g-a-s-s-a-l-e-y amazing professor and he's a truly advisor and supporter of the journey i mean with him by the way he's also doing incredible psychedelic research in california with his team they are quantifying the effect of ai arts quantifying visual art they are like really pioneers of their field um 
that's why that's why that's how I really deep dive more into the psychedelic as a realm. Not necessarily. I think Jimang mentions this many times in his experiences. But I'm really taking this as a, like a field of research, like truly. Mm-hmm. And when you like, I mean, Aldous Huxley, if you're interested, anyone also an incredible mind. And in his book, um, Doors of Perception, uh, it starts with an amazing word from William Blake. If the, if the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear to human as it is infinite. I mean, this is a word from 1700s. <laughs> like, so the effect is still similar, but the yeah. intellect we have is much more, I guess, different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I witnessed so much powerful creativity, uh, wisdom through the plant medicines, through like psychedelics. Uh, it's not a practice of, uh, I would say, leisure. It's a practice of spirituality. It's a very different thinking. Uh, it really gives you much more value. Um, it, it requires so much reading, learning, respecting, uh, but it really provides a whole new world. Um, mm. To many people, I'm pretty confident, are already transforming themselves in a positive mm. way. I think we're in a second renaissance too for these kind of things as well. I think in the uh, the 1960s, uh, a lot of this was destroyed uh, socially because of the Vietnam yeah. War and um, Ronald Reagan and their whole campaign to... to, yeah. to and also Timothy Leary, I think, went way too hard into like kind yeah. of almost weaponizing this stuff too. And so that's fascinating that you're you're using this stuff as a form of study. Uh, and, 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 you know, because I think there's a lot of different ways to approach these things. And my experience is like you can approach it for self-therapy, uh, uh, for escapism. Uh, you, you can abuse these things. But if you, yeah. if, if you really hone in on what's happening and why it's working and then why you're doing it and why you're trying to understand these things... Um, I think that's really fascinating and it's also yes. very, it's very responsible too. It's, yes. um, yeah, cause these things can, you could be, you could come back, you could come back, not the same yes. person. <laughs> yeah. So that, let's, let's be super careful about this yeah. because yeah. I mean, there are different ways of exploring this universe, but if you look at, so that's one of the reason working with, um, you know, tribe in Amazonia is like with the people for thousands of years practicing versus in a hotel room with weird context. Like they are so different. <laughs> like, yeah. so, so, so just to be sure, it's very careful. We have to be very careful. They are very mm. powerful. They are very strong and they need wisdom. They are not for uh, just, hey, let me experiment. It's not a thinking like that. It needs spiritual mm. thinking. It needs intellectual thinking. It needs mm. respect. Um, Patience, and then, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then it's a whole new universe uh, mm. to practice. Do you think that humanity as a whole would benefit from experiencing these things that you've gone through? And why oh. do, would you think that if you think that? Okay, so it's an amazing question. This, uh, four months ago, I was very fortunate to make a project with World Economic Forum. So it's a very interesting place for anyone. So World Economic Forum is a place where pretty much every nation and their presidents and their decision makers, powerful people coming together for three days in Davos, in Switzerland. And I didn't know this before, and I was still progressing and <laughs> digesting. In three days, 72 hours, all these leaders are in one building. Hmm. It's not like a United Nations. It's not like those like, you know, great events with good, good wishes. It is a place to really think and decide what is next for humanity, how to like, you know, make decisions. Lots of problems, lots of critics, but they agree. But in that room, in that space, 
it was this moment that, oh, wow, there are people together here and they don't have assistance. They are there, present. And by the way, if you want to meet those thousands of people, it will take probably <laughs> decades to like make the Zoom calls and emails, like impossible to connect. Sure. I think they were there and present. And that's where I thought that I wish <laughs> we can make these ceremonies for these people who are really <laughs> to humanity and let them uh, like, you know, get uh, healed and then heal the world. Because to, uh, to heal mm. the world, we need to heal the mind. I mean, it's a super straightforward mm. algorithm. Mm. Um, but where to start was the question. Mm. I feel like that's the place to like. <laughs> mm. So I just laced the, this drinking water there. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that humanity needs to be healed then? I think so. We need yeah. lots of, lots of healing. We need lots of What's the biggest problem healing. you see mentally with people in general now? I think, I think understanding and, and being mm. in, the, in the present is a very big challenge. Mm, I think many of yeah. us are going through personal worlds, anything are being present is a big challenge. Like mm. we are designed to be present, but the systems and the tools and the life around us not letting us to be present. Mm. The system and the purpose of, I guess, human conditions are already disconnected. Mm-hmm. And that's what I learned in the forest. When I go there, I always mm-hmm. remember oh, you, like... you can't not be present there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I did jujitsu for about seven years. And yes. there was no way you could not be present while doing jujitsu. Right. Because it's a life or death trigger. Um, and uh, for a person that I have a, such a busy mind, my mind is constantly going. So to silence it by being present, wow, it did so much good for my brain but it is also hard on the body <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. damn it so I'm like my body stuff actually good for my body because and also good for my ego all these things but um but now i'm in i've been doing cycling which is a different practice because it's a different thing but um but i do i do uh i i, I ask myself how, what part of the path did we get lost and i think a lot of mm. a lot of these things come from uh, I read a quote the other day that I shared with everybody on Twitter, which is a Roosevelt twel- uh, uh, quote, which he said, um, comparison is the theft of joy. Wow. What do you think of that? Isn't that so beautiful how he said that? Beautiful. I totally agree. And I think, I mean, I think we have multiple layers in life that our ages, our practice in life, wisdom, I think. So first of all, I think the wisdom is taking information into a knowledge and turn it into a wisdom, right? And I think mm-hmm. that that is a predictable pipeline. But I think what is very hard is in between stages being present and being mm-hmm. focused and being alive. And I think the world around us, the, the priorities we have, the, the personal expectations, global expectations, cultural expectations, they sometimes don't align. And that yeah. alignment, I think, sometimes makes other problems. But I think, um, I think mental health, well-being, and presence and respect to each other and, you know, the joy and inspiration. And I think um, hope is all coming from the same source of energy, if there's an energy like that. Um, and I think I totally agree with what you mentioned. And, but this is not easy. Like what we are talking is not easy. And, it, and it's not that something that everyone have equally uh, distance to this, this reaching point. Um, and in, in my work, what I felt sometimes, I don't know, still, I don't know how it happens, but when, let's say, an artwork travels to Berlin, to Hong Kong, to New York, to different cultures, they are not like same at all. Like they are really different cultures. But I'm seeing a sep- similar patterns happening 
someone sends a message, hey, I lost my loved ones last week and I found myself in this artwork and mm-hmm. I found myself, you know, connected with something different than me. I felt wow. healed. So thank you. And I have, I can send Whoa. all these personal messages. And wow. this happens really across the, like different parts of the world. And mm-hmm. the more this happened, I really question this. There are many reasons probably happening. But when this happened, it really challenged me so much to say how I can do that more mm. and how, how it can be um, a thing to really be, because it's not an intention when creating the work. I know that I hope it's good for humanity, but it's just a beautiful wish, not necessarily um, yeah. for anyone. But I think what I want to say is, I think pixel and voxels doesn't matter, mm. can still be things that we can communicate. Mm. They can still carry spirituality they can carry our words, intentions. And I know that sounds very weird for many people, but I do believe it is exactly happening. Mm-hmm. We just don't see it yet. Yeah, well, how could we see the thing that's invincible, you know? But we feel it. That's what art is. Um, it's like when you listen to a music or a certain wave, a certain frequency. You know, like I like really hard, heavy music, but I also love beautiful, quiet music. And I love the spectrum of feelings that it gives me, that emotional piece, you know? And I think that, when something goes through you through space and time, the energy of somebody recording some sounds and then putting it through your ears and then going into your wavelengths, it's like, I think art does the same thing, you know, it's a huge, it's a huge, it's a huge, um, ask of yourself. And it's really, that's a beautiful thing. And thanks for sharing that, that people have, have, that are dealing with trauma, that are dealing with, um, the the thing that you said earlier, the thing you would hope nobody experiences, the pain, the pain and the loss, you know, um, cause it, it's psychologically and socially, it's, it's so detrimental to the, the human psyche to, to yeah. lose somebody that you have a, a firm connection to. Um, but again, as you mentioned too, it also helps you evolve and realize, yes. oh crap, I don't have so much time. I need to really get to it and I need to make make the best of it. When I was younger, my best friend died. And uh, and the day that, he, that, that this happened, I, re- I had epiphany. I said, now I don't live for just me. I have to live for him. So every move, I need to make it prolific. I need to be big. I need to do it so that he's with me and we move forward through planet. And then every time, you know, as we get older, we lose more people. And it's almost a, it's, it's almost a curse to living long, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's, but it's the same time, it's a choice to, take, to carry the burden or not, you know. Um, Absolutely. And I, I think that's an incredible point because... This, these things are also realized that what we do and why we do and, and that purpose in life and the impact in life is becomes more visible. Like it really makes invisible visible, truly. I mean, those pains or those challenges. Um, and, 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 and I really felt this so much in my dialogue with the Yamanawa family and the tribes and their thing about life. It, it's just so similar. doesn't matter living in a, advanced society or living in the most private, most simplest life ever you can imagine, a simple hammock between two trees and then nothing at all, not so different. And knowing that gives a comfort zone. Like mm. knowing, that's one of the reasons I think like going back to fundamentals in life really helps so much to really mm. analyze who we are, where we are, why we are here, like what does it mean? And, and I think these questions are a whole, uh, the, the framework of life, if there's any like software correlations, like it really helps so much to, 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 to connect and reconstruct realities. Mm, 
beautiful. I think it's we're on the rise of human consciousness. Mental health is is really something that we're yeah. starting to realize is a big thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard this. I might have said it in one of the past episodes. You might you mentioned that you listened to some of them. One of the, the reason the things that I've discovered personally, spiritually, that's really kind of it's kind of shifted my perspective on a lot of things. But one of them is I realized that I look at social media now as cigarettes were in American culture back then when it was like, everybody was like, you smoke a cigarette. It's okay. It's good. Even if you're pregnant, it doesn't matter. Smoke another pack, you know, all these things. And didn't realize until later, because I think as humanity, we move so slowly that we can't see what's happening. And, but we're always heading towards a car crash and we're just trying to move these things out of the way. And that was one of the things. And I think, that I think that the addictive nature and the and the unhealthy qualities that social media puts upon the human psyche is extremely bad because I know it about myself. I know myself decent enough so that when I interact with this thing, I get um, the quote of, uh, of Roosevelt was perfectly for this. Comparison is the theft of joy. So when I use this thing, I'm comparing myself as a mirror. Exactly. And I'm accomplished in a lot of ways more than most people not to say that I'm better in any way. I'm just saying that I've accomplished a lot of my goals. And I feel this way. So how is it a person that's starting out? How do they feel? This must be horrible. This is very unhealthy. And I think very it's true. very, because it's, it's, it's very bad for the soul. Because, yeah. you know, like, and, and you can't help but doing that because it's like stimulating you. And it's a dopamine drop. It's also re- reducing your your the way your your mind and your brain functions and stuff too. So it's something that I still use because it is a tool, but I limit my use of it too. And a lot of the times, it's mostly just me sending silly things uh, to friends, you know. Just like, <laughs> yeah. But I should fill that time with other things, and that's just discipline, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, mean, yeah. I don't like. I totally agree with that because sometimes, I mean, I'm teaching at UCLA for nine years, similar Mm. group of age, and I can clearly see that in many Mm. of my one-on-one sessions with students. In the last four years, truly about this new comparison culture. And I said, like, one of the reasons I'm using social media is, as a for me, an exhibition, like a place to put a work or a place to, like a gallery that exists. That I don't share my personal like too much moments. I mostly share the verb, so I don't like really. It's a place to connect, to be honest. The world that not necessarily have any other function, but like for example, when those networks are creating a psychological impact on us, especially young ones. I mean, I think I heard this so much pattern now happening. That's a really hard to manage and fix problem because it becomes this pattern of, as you mentioned, comparison. And a comparison is a so limited vision of life. Um, it's super shallow perspective. It's just one simple feed of a one algorithm's boring mission decisions are you cannot be your life. Like like knowing that for many people takes so long. Um, yeah, so and you just that, see a you see a false version of something too. It's like the movie Rocky. The most important part of Rocky was the the, the months that he took to train to become yes. a better version of himself. But they just make it a montage and they quickly go by it. We yeah. want to romanticize the idea that you wake up and you can hit, you can hit a button and you can be successful. But this is a false lie that's been told yeah. too many times. Yeah. And um, that's good that you teach yeah. because I think it's also important for those that learn need to be teaching because teaching is the form of understanding, learning about yourself 
and uh it's it's difficult to do both of those things but yeah that's yeah and I think sharing is happiness, happiness sharing for sure. But I mean, what we share is so important. Like yeah. it's not just that simple words because it gets so chaotic in life if you don't have the context. And one thing I just want to say, like I'm, I'm again practice, practicing this um, public art idea so much. It's, it's because public art is not a place for a gallery or a museum. Public art is a place, everyone, anytime, no door, no ceiling. No barriers. It's just there. It's just exist. I feel like one of the reason that many, I hope anyone want to practice in this creative content context, please think about public art. It really makes to think about way beyond us mm. and really think about society in a different context. It's one of the most powerful form of, I think, creativity uh, mm. that allows us to connect. That's interesting. That's something I've been thinking about spiritually with myself because a lot of my work, I just do it selfishly for my own desire and it's masturbatory, you know, which is fine too. And if I die and if I die just doing that and it is what it is, but, um, but I can only do, and maybe this is the same for you. You can only pursue the thing that's truly most indefinite to yourself, you know? And if you don't, then your art suffers because art is a true yeah. thing. I mean, if it's, that's how you feel it. You, the art is, is something that, you know, I don't know. It's a subjective, right? But you can quantify it at least as an, as one artist to another, I can see it and go, okay, I see yes. what's happening yeah. here. I see the influence. I see that's going there and, and all those kind of things because you live it and it's easier to digest yeah. and analyze yeah. it. But yeah, it and is I, fascinating though. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, one thing that I want to give an example because I don't share too much in everywhere, but seven years ago when I did my residency at Google 2016 February, this was this moment of like, oh my God, like science fiction lover, loving computation and suddenly they say hey it is the best algorithm is the best computation what do you want to do with that and it was so like uh, important for a moment right oh my god they're asking this question and i said and this is like okay here's your it's, here's your best ai engineer do you want to like have a time and i said it's great but is it possible to also invite a neuroscientist and a shaman so we had these three people, like, I mean, neuroscientists, AI engineer, Shaman, and me. It was the most beautiful, unexpected wow. dialogues. That's how I started with AI, by the way, seven years ago. That, that's my journey. And that is the verb we asked that, like, if a machine can learn, can it dream or hallucinate? And that mm. deeper discussions of consciousness. Wow. I hope we can all apply these ideas for everyone and everything uh, to bring that's the right. perspective. Wow. That sounds fantastic. So you was... I mean, that's very, uh, it's very clever. I don't know if that's the word, but it's very clever of you to say, we have these ingredients for this soup. Now let's add the protein and the carbohydrates to this because we have the broth. <laughs> so let's add even more compounds to this really interesting soup we have here. So that must have been fascinating, though, to have the perspective of a person who's shamanistic and has this approach and then somebody that's scientific based on neurological things. And then, uh, wow, the outcome of that must have been I, fascinating. T- truly very meaningful and truly very profound because, uh, first of all, I mean, tech giants are sometimes not heavy agenda. They create products and services. They have a very much race at the moment, as we all know. Like OpenAI does that, Microsoft, does that. all that like, you know, race, 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 large language models, like who is the next, whatever. But that is just a predictable thing. I, there is, to me, zero inspiring excitement because it's a very predictable science applied product and service. Who'll find the best keyword? Who'll get the best attention? Who becomes the addiction? I mean, these are 
Sorry, but not truly. <laughs> truly. Yeah, there's a shelf life on that. Yeah. Yes. It's almost like people living in the existence of I want to make money. So that you're you've put yourself in a box. Yeah, but I mean respect, yeah. but but this is this is not like a place that truly always depth comes to surface because yeah. they always show us the surface to become mm-hmm. a product service. But I think for creative minds, I'm sure everyone's questioning that. Like, wait. <laughs> mm. So this is cool. We got it, and it's predictable for mm. cent- for decades. Mm. But how can we go? How, how can we bring depth to surface in this race? Um, and I don't mm. see that too often. Um, it also happened in metaverse. Metaverse was something came so early. I think it was mm. my inner voice is generative AI is something so powerful and important for humanity. And it's actually more probably important than uh, metaverse. And metaverse is a place to experience these universes. For some reason, someone somehow, uh, <laughs> I guess, skipped the uh, timeline design. Like, oh my God, it was like, <laughs> why it's here? Like, should we be here? Like, that kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm just dreaming too much, but. Um. <laughs> well, timing is so important too. You know, timing and art is so, you could have the most fascinating ideas, like we've just said today your idea of of ai being used to, to help with language form a new language model that's universal which is a huge idea a language that is not what we understand it to be it's a whole different spectrum of experience and existence which i, I think is fascinating for somebody who's objectively positive towards the form of ai when somebody comes to you let's say the most staunch unbeliever fear-mongering person against ai what would you say to them, if, if if you if if you're, I don't even know if you would even care to try to sway them. But if you were to try and sway them, or somebody that's on the edge, like all the all the digital artists of the day now, like going, oh, this is a tool. A lot of them are throwing away their careers because they don't believe in themselves anymore. If, what's something that you could say, like that would help distill their fears down yeah. and be dismissed? Yeah. yeah. So so first of all, I totally relate and believe and support and respect anyone believes it's a threat for their practice in creative space. So I'm not anywhere. I have nice. zero answer for someone. Um, have a fear. I, I just relate and I respect and I listen because it's a true, it's a, it's not, it's not like a paranoia. It's a real risk. It's yeah. a risk. Yeah. It's quantifiable risk. So I have zero um, word for someone saying, Hey, by the way, it happened to me. Someone, someone's work um he said i spent three months on this amazing concept and my my neighborhood's child comes with a ipad and says i did the same thing in three minutes like of course it hurts this human i mean there is yeah. no single way to answer this question mm-hmm. and the second thing fr- privacy and free will there is no way to answer this it's possible mm-hmm. but my guess is the chance is 50 percent of everything because ai and machine i mean human and machines AI and humans, these tools and their potentials are 50-50% can mm. go to the... I, I still give the humanity truly 50%. I 49%. Hope, <laughs> <nice> <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope it's, it's a good thing. But, but without, <laughs> 49-51 <laughs> majority. <laughs> but, but it's, it's 100% a true, true risk. But I think yeah. the same tool for someone who have an incredible creativity and generative like imagination through these neural networks. It can be a powerhouse. It can be like yes. 100x that human who is creatively ready. Yeah. Now, to me, that person brings millions of x to his or her their like practice. 
wow, now I can do that? Now imagine me doing that. I, I always felt that because I, I honestly can't draw and properly, but I always enjoy compute voxel pixels through like geometric and algorithmic thinking. So to me, it's a kind of extension of really like a pen because, mm. because I have a limitation personally. Um, mm. But there I found the possibility. For mm. people who saw the possibility and create opportunity, which is possible, <laughs> I think is a whole game changer. Uh, yeah. Practically, um, emotionally, neurologically, I think it's an extension of mind. Uh, mm -hmm. Who will use it as an extension of mind is not easy, yes. Um, but I'm 100% aware and sure that the amount of creativity it will boost is unquantifiable at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, writers of writers, thinkers of thinkers, mm -hmm. and musicians of musicians, artists mm -hmm. of artists. Like we are in this co-creation phase of humanity. Um, unfortunately, we will have unfortunate moments. But unfortunately, it's also a plane that is flying and we will not be able to change the uh, motors uh, without, <laughs> without crashing. That's, yeah. That, that <laughs> part. Yeah, I, 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 this is this is funny that you came up with the fifty-fifty thing. I've I've arrived on the thought that AI is is both death and birth at the same time. It's killing uh, and giving birth, and it's a beautiful yep. thing. It's a life cycle yep. that happens at the same time, yep. infinitely, which is, yep. um, it's killing off a lot of things. Which, let's be honest, and and you're and you're the way you politically responded to that was so damn good. Where you said that you respect the 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 the, the worry that people have because I do as well. But a lot, you have to ask yourself spiritually, why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I making a pretty picture just for the sake that somebody said that Leonardo da Vinci's drawing is, is good because we understand that the way that he made the Vitruvian man is, is connected to this, you know, the Fibonacci spiral and it's all mathematic that we love patterns that are harmonious. And then I wanted to draw something so I could get a, a, a like and a follow from somebody because I didn't have enough love growing up, whatever, you know, I'm just going deep into this. Why is this person doing this? What you should be asking yourself is, why do I do anything that I ever did for the first place? And if you find out the reasons were, were shallow or vapid or nonsensical, then you should never have been doing them in the first place. So why not let AI do that and let you focus on what it is you should be doing, which is being a great human being, being empathetical, conveying, contributing to society in a sense of furthering culture, whether you're going to hate on whatever we're saying here, which is valid, or you're going to contribute to the conversation, which is valid, you know, and that's really, I think is going to be a fascinating thing to see what happens from this stuff. Cause yeah, it is a two way street. I've seen some artists that are, they're like an ostrich. They put their head in the hole and they say, I'm not doing this. And then I see other artists who say, this is my tool. Now I'm powerful. And I see them going 10 X with power. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. But they're harnessing it. They're not, they're not shying away from learning it. Yep. And it's very inspiring. You know, it's very inspiring. Yeah. Totally agree with you. And I think um, learning to learn is always a fundamental <laughs> human behavior that we have yeah. to I think, find a way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, and AI is something we cannot unlearn. It is now becoming the part of society. And I think being ready for it mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally yeah. is a part of our life. And I think, but I mean, it's always like that. I mean, artists are always the alarm mechanisms for humanity and we i hope always try to <laughs> we're the most sensitive <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's happening and then we are the most sensitive and yeah. uh, i hope that we can all touch these things before mm -hmm. they become product and service yeah yeah it's getting close to that that's what that's another worry too is it being weaponized as another product that's 
even more detrimental than what social media is because social media is still such a, uh, uh, it's very, um, if you like really look at these things, right, as systems, right? So let's look at like a car, for example. It's so archaic. As much as I love what a car is, and I don't love cars for the sense of what people think I love them. It's, it's an amalgamation of design, engineering, technology, art, science, all these things. That's fascinating because it's a culmination. But it's also very archaic. We don't need to be like that. And that's what's interesting about what COVID did to the human psyche is it did a lot of bad things, but it also opened up the aspect that like, okay, we can do things through digital form. I've been working digitally and, and, and remotely for like 15 years. So when COVID happened, I was like, this is the same thing. <laughs> and everybody around me was like going crazy because they couldn't. And I, and, and I see that because they want the human interaction. Of course, the first choice would be let's be in the same place together which I'd love to, uh, I need to, next time we do this, maybe we can do a part two and I can come out to your studio or you please, can come to my please, house. Please, and, please, please, Yeah, and we do it in person because there's a different energy, obviously. And um, I don't even know how to do that and set that up, but I think it'd be really fun. But That's anyways, a great idea. Yeah, it'd just be fun. I think it, it's it, a great it, idea. we can dive deeper, deeper, deeper into these things and like get further into it, you know? We, we can sit there robots, <laughs> like, a, like something. <laughs> <laughs> and we just get into fascinating conversations yeah. about just like the reasons but and I'm, the fascinations of things, you know? But I'm also like very grateful for what what you do here. Also, just want to bring you back the the appreciation. As I mentioned, I literally advise this podcast series to all my students oh, who are starting good. their journey. <laughs> well, Don't I do mean, that. truly, truly, <laughs> truly, very, very, very much inspiring dialogues here. And so many people here share the microphone with you and share their journey. So I'm really grateful that you are doing this, and I'm very grateful that all the voices across disciplines coming together. So really grateful for you and coming together with this inspiring and wisdom and many other things in this dialogues. Oh, well, yeah, you're super kind. And no. I don't know if the word wisdom is accurate. I think it's just no. mumbling. Oh, at least I'm speaking for myself, the mumblings of things. But yeah, it, 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 I think that at least the core is, and I'm fascinated about what we're talking about here is, and the interesting thing that I've noticed between us is we haven't talked about your art practice as much, but more about you and your approach and your mind to, to it. I think that's, in my mind, is your art. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, well, because it's your approach. It's your mind, yep. your approach to your mind. And your art is a byproduct of your curiosity. Yeah. For all uh, of us, for all of us. Yeah, well, no, not for everybody. I would think, but in my mind, and my observation of your art and knowing you as a person, your art is a byproduct of your curiosity. And that is truly what art is. And you just mentioned it earlier. Art, we're, the art, we're the sensitive, we're the most... We're the ones that ping the warnings. We're the ones that make the films that tell the the fable of what could happen if we don't go right when we should go left, you know, and all these things in society. And and um, and, and there's no value. There's like it's hard to put intrinsic value on a, on a on a phantom, you know. It's like how can you value that? It's a thought. But um, we are getting closer, and with technology, and as we see with digital technology, and how much it's permeating. Um, where we're at now it's really interesting watching it and this is something that uh, really curious of your thoughts on too is like watching the world of fine art react to digital art I mean you know this better than most people that digital art and media this digital medium has been around for a long time but I think people are starting to put a light on it now because NFTs and then the money and then people go okay well there's money to be made so let me just validate it because people validate art with money they say this currency um, I'm curious of your thoughts on that, like being, because your art's at MoMA, that's an accomplishment. I think when you were a young child in Istanbul, I don't think you would have, maybe you thought this, but I don't think you did, that you would be here with this. And America represented in one of the 
the highest esteem gallery systems and fine art. I'm so grateful that again, um, I'm, I'm grateful not only myself, but I think I'm grateful for the possibilities of things may come. Because what is happening, I guess, in the NFT space, in the like variation system, the, the auction houses, all that stuff, right? They all come together to look for the value, chase for the value, and so on, so on. But to me, what was really powerful at the end of the day is the form of art, the people behind them, the community that exists are now validated. Now this exists, this exists, these people like alive, and it's a moment, it is a, a, a thing, and it is real. So this part to me from all these things are the most valuable things. Mm-hmm. And being at MoMA is a, a, a deep honor, a deep dream that I was honestly never ever imagined. But what was truly a dream to me is the artwork is something, but what is more inspiring to me is finding the gatekeepers, like not the museums. I mean, the museums are amazing places. Curators are amazing people that are truly looking forward to what is next. Who are doing what? They are incredible, curious minds, beautiful souls. But I saw in between spaces that are dinosaurs, like these critics. Like we got 24 critics. One was a dinosaur only spent eight minutes in the artwork and even didn't watch anything. And he cannot even join his, you know, look at his Instagram and talking about AI, the shallow voice. And of course, this is like, he decides this art belongs to that and that. Oh my God, finding those gatekeepers, that kind of form, and then making them, aha, here is it. And then now hopefully next generations, people practicing is, should come here safely and practice their imagination and, 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 and share with the world. So what I found in my work is not necessarily egocentric, but most necessarily for the people we all imagine together, the creativity around digital work hopefully can belong to more museums, more galleries, people to reach and share. Mm. Yeah, it's it's it, that's I love that perspective and thanks for sharing that because I think it, it is a it, I I do appreciate that there's gatekeepers for the sake that they make sure that things are validated but when somebody is a gatekeeper and unwilling to waver um, and and wanting to stick then you're talking about the idea of needing to learn learning to learn this person should learn to learn yep. but not everybody wants to because you know what learning means that you're not right. That means that you are a work in progress. That means that you don't have the value in which you think you do. And I think this is what this whole world of the fine art world, as I've understood it, which I can be completely wrong, but a lot of it's based on people falsely understanding things and saying that there's value based on their word of impression. And that is not, that's not good for anybody because that bridge is not going to sustain the weight of an artist's movement. You know, and this is something I've talked about amongst uh you know amongst you people as you know I, I i said that the only way for this to work is not individually the artists as as a whole have to start communicating and create some sort of a form uh, a, a structure basically because an artist movement doesn't just happen with one person it's an agreed upon kind of thing everybody's communicating and we're talking about what makes this different you know um, but at so much time, I think it was really interesting because I do a lot of, I'm sure you do the same thing, studio visits with people that don't know who you are, but they want to know. And I'm sure you've spent hours doing this because I have as well, which is fascinating. I love it because it's really cool to hear about what these people do and their interests and 
and how, why they don't think this is valid and, and really ask the tough questions. What I realized is that it's just a, a lot of misunderstanding, um, especially because the artist movement that we just encountered was supposed to be a decade. It lasted 12 months. It, come, it came and it went and a lot of things got died and a lot of things lost. And then there's just still the, still the people that are still doing it the way we've been doing it are still here. <laughs> yeah, yep, the people yep. that came to do it just for you know the sake of making money and all these yes, kind of things, yes. uh, they come and go because they don't have the true pursuit of a purpose, no, you know. So, no. yeah, totally agree. I met people like yourself, me, and many, many others for more than a decade practicing. This is not because of a movement, because of a something from heart, as I mentioned, that are in the purpose and the journey. And these are things that comes to us in our journey, and we like it's like a train station, <laughs> but mm. the like we are just. We are not there for the station. We are going for something much, I think, longer and uh, much, much unknown there than uh, these shortcuts or people with, I guess, shallow visions. Uh, so that, mm. that that happens, I think, across the centuries. And of course, yeah. So this is one of those. But I, but I believe in creativity so much that I think all of us will find, in any way, to tell and share our stories and histories. Mm. Because that's uh, also art too. People being opp- opportunistic and finding things—that's an art form as well. Their, yeah, their hustle yeah. and their ability to to communicate and hit the timing right and to hustle to it. And it's like <laughs> that's respect. I mean, you got to respect that too, because it's like, well, what are you going to sure. do? You know, it's like that's a part of it. You know, so, yeah. Um, when I, I mean, we got to do part two. I know I have yes, to go please. here in a second. Me too. Um, What's this up? is What's yeah. Up? I love your brain. I love your mind. I love no, your approach. No, same love, respect. Beautiful yeah, altogether. Yeah. We got to get, we'll go deeper into more things because now we have a base and I want to go further into these yes, other, like, yes. I want us to get into like, we should talk more about the, the things that you want AI to do and the things that I yes. would like, and then how to, yes. like, maybe this could be a bigger conversation with bringing on other people. But anyways, please, you're, since you're a teacher and you have helped a lot of people, I'm sure the thing I love to do when we, when we leave these conversations is two questions I have. One, are you, what are you most grateful for? And then number two, what advice can you give to your past self in a, in, a, in a form of struggle or to the younger generation coming up that really do need to hear words of wisdom to push forwards to make something better? Absolutely. I mean, from my heart, I really, really believe that defining success helped mindfully mm-hmm. and defining the, the dreams that we are pursuing are really very helpful for us so for me as i mentioned success is making dreams real and this is the journey and that's it and and really focusing on that is really helped me so much not the values not other people what they say not blah 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 truly focus on this from a, from heart from might to the journey that helped me focus and i'm grateful for this specific purpose of um hearing the inner voice following the path and not worry about other things. And the second, I think, very important thing is we are on the shoulders of many giants. We have to recognize our mentors, our heroes, and our teachers. These two things hold me tight in reality and grateful for every single morning for the people who teach me who I am. Mm. So learning to learn is a part, but learning to learn with the heroes and mentors and teachers I think are the fundamental source of wisdom. <laughs> Beautiful. Being humbled. You humble yourself. Humble yeah. person. Because you could, if you don't do that, if you don't say that you're on the, on the shoulders of giants, you just think that you are the giant. Yeah. And that's not the truth though. The fact no. is, as much as your ego wants to tell you that you are the, the, the gift to the world, 
and sometimes you can be, but it's not always the case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Totally I agree. love that. I, I, I admire you uh, and I'm so oh, happy no, for your success. Heart. No, no, uh, no. Same age. And you're the person that this stuff should be happening to. And I'm so happy for that. And I'm wishing you nothing but incredible journeys that you're manifesting and to everybody that you love and, and everybody that's dear to you, I'm wishing best of health and, um, yeah. And I'm looking forward to our next encounter. Yes. Yeah. Ready, ready, ready in physical world. Yes. Physical world. That'd be nice. And and also grateful for every single person here. You shared the microphone, all of them. And to you, thank you again for inviting and deeply honored. Mm, the pleasure is mine. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs>